Hello and welcome to Campfire Conversations, stories from the center of the universe, where we bring the stories from our campfire to your ears, wherever you are in the world. Here we chat to friends over a favorite drink, enjoy the crackle of the fire, and let the real stories of life in the bush be told. Let's get talking to some bushveld legends and hear about their finest hours, the moments that made them question it all and what keeps them coming back for more. Tonight's drinks of choice are straight coke, gin and tonic, 500ml castle light. <laughs> Let me introduce my special guest and friends. Usually at this time we do an introduction song, but our special guest is going to choose when he wants to do his song. I'll leave that up to him. This afternoon we are very lucky to have BushExplorations.com at Bush Explorations Africa. A passionate wildlife guide with 35 years of experience, conservationist and safari operator, wildlife project specialist. John was born in Durban in 1962. His formative years were spent growing up in Matabili lands. JD's main passion is photography and filming. He started in the safari and tourism industry in the Sabi Sands Reserve in 1979, before I was born. The time of the formation of the original Sabi Sabi, as a young dog's body, as he calls it. The guiding life continued up until today, interspersed with farming projects and military service. His diverse range of experience includes game capture, setting up leopard research programs, elephant research, training of field and operational staff, consulting on many development projects in diverse areas and regions, from Southern Africa through to West Africa as well as Nigeria. Reserve, lodge and camp operations, movie, documentary, film shoots, events and launches, sales and marketing shows. JD is a safari and big game specialist with a passion for wilderness areas. He is extremely enthusiastic about life, has had malaria four times, does not drink alcohol because his liver can't take it, smokes a couple ciggies every now and then, loves a coffee, has always been a gentleman and a scholar to me. We come a long way, have loads of very special bush memories together. The man, the legend, John Dixon. Woohoo! <laughs> JD, good to have you here. Great, thank you very much, and thanks everyone uh, uh, here around the fire. It's a delight and a pleasure, in fact, to be with you guys. Thank you. Much appreciated. And that's quite a, a nice introduction. I didn't know I'd even done half of that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more. I had to cut it short. No, no problem. Okay, no, that's, that's, thank God. <laughs> but it's a pleasure to have you here, JD. Thank I you. Think, so well, I just wanted to, to jump straight into it. Yeah. Um, I know uh, people often ask you questions the last 35 years around the fire. I mean, let's say, what is your the question that most people ask you and what is your answer? Well, the interesting thing is is that the most common questions would always be to do with particularly, obviously, the cats. Yep. Everyone's fascination with the cats. Um, and how old is a lion or a lioness and, you know, uh, what age are the cubs, that kind of thing. So th that's normally, that's a lot of the questions that for the first time safari people, that's their fascination. Is they want to see the big stuff, you understand. Yep. Um, there's been all sorts of interesting um, uh, answers, that, of course, or questions, um, you know, that over the years that I remember was, uh, things like do giraffe uh, eat impala, um, which is true, true story stuff, you understand? And you're going, uh, what? <laughs> you understand? No. <laughs> you understand? Just to so, clarify, yeah, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. But you understand, you, some right silly questions often get asked. So, yeah. If I had to ask you what's your dramatic, most dramatic moment 
that, that's tough, I guess. Mm. I mean, obviously, life is life, but let's say in the bush and... You know, that's a good question. Obviously, there's a lot of drama in particularly, again, with cats, for example, and tracking the cats the, the, in, 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 in the thickets in the bush uh, with being charged upside down by angry lions or leopards, for example, or cubs. But probably one of the most emotional and deep experiences that I've experienced was many years back now in the, in the Timbavati area, uh, the old Ingala as it was then, um, we were busy working in the field and we saw some vultures dropping down. Um, uh, it, was a, it was fairly early in the morning. There'd been a massive thunder, electrical thunderstorm the night before. So we're fixing roads and mitre drains and whatnot and clearing the roads and things. And Timot, the old tracker, who, bless his soul, is no longer with us, a legend man. Uh, when he walked, he had leprosy, pleurisy, and uh, TB, and everything else. His chest gurgled. He sounded like he was a lion in the thickets. Scared the living daylights out of us when he did that. You understand? <laughs> so Bob Manthe and myself and old Timot, uh, you know, got out of the vehicle, and so we headed up towards where the vultures were dropping. And we walked and we walked and we walked, and as we came through a drainage line and up a ridge like that towards a, a crown of trees, uh, we could see where the vultures were dropping. And the area around there, had it looked like a bomb had gone off. And as we got closer, we actually discovered there was a white rhino cow. And she'd been killed by a breeding herd of elephants that night in the electrical storm. It was insane. And you could feel the, the actual ambiance as you walked in. Your hair kind of stood on end, you understand? So now we know well, this is insane. So we got closer. We, when initially we thought, well, has it been poached? Has it been shot? You know, has it been wounded? Or has it been caught in a fight? We got closer. We discovered what had happened uh, through the track work, that what had happened is in the storm, in the confusion, the calf running in front of the mother, the mother behind, and they'd run into a breeding herd of elephants, because elephants are not happy with electrical storms and stuff, they were all huddled around the bambino. And as they ran into that, obviously the cow drilled her. Got you? Literally, they, you could see where she'd been hit, had flung her up into a bush willow tree about yo thick, and literally snapped it two meters above the ground with that force to show you the power. So the area around for a good 40, 50 squares was just turned up. The, 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 the smells, the ambiance, the feeling was hair-raising, yeah. you understand? And very sad. We obviously had to then now go look for the, um, um, the see what we could find and where the calf was uh, and get it recovered um, uh, if we could, you understand? So yeah. but that was probably for me in, in all of the years that just had a, an incredible feeling if you if you understand what i'm saying it's just uh, i never forget that and timot still had a dodgy chest gurgling on the walk back out so i want to just bring somebody else in yes Who you brought with us with, with you today uh the lovely catherine kunz Okay, um, who, who I collaborate, we collaborate together on safaris and, uh, sorry, safari projects and, and so on. Um, so, the lovely Catherine. Let me just, uh, Kath, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having Catherine me. Catherine Kunz, hopeafricanadventures.com. At Catherine Hope Kunz, the President and Adventure Specialist at Hope African Adventures. Born and raised in Texas, Catherine Hope Kunz always had an innate connection to the wilderness. After graduating in 2014 from the University of Texas at Austin with her business degree in consulting and change management, she worked at a highly esteemed public relations agency back in her hometown of Houston. After spending time in the corporate world, she realized that both this environment and her profession were not fulfilling her life's true purpose. 
In 2015, she made the radical decision to quit her job and take a leap of faith. She accepted the opportunity to go on a charity climb up Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania for her friend's non-profit called Nima International. After this first journey to Africa, her childhood yearning for adventure was unleashed and her newfound love for the continent solidified. In 2016, she departed to South Africa and Botswana to achieve her certification as a professional field guide or safari guide through a one-year program with Eco Training. She now shares her passion for Africa by planning safaris and excursions for enthusiastic travelers worldwide. Lifeguard, cheerleader, <laughs> safari guide, travel planner, all-round good girl. I met her around a fire at Juma Game Reserve. I think we believe in the same core principles of ecotourism and sustainability. We have never had a dancer and might never again. Kat, the best thing I found on the internet was you. What are, in South Africa, we have no idea about this apart from movies. Tell us about the Spirit Squad. Let's kick it off there. Um, so, well go back a little ways before I turned into a cheerleader um, I was a gymnast for 10 years okay so that was I was on the track uh, training elite goal was the Olympics injuries and other stuff along the way I realized that it was not for me and I wanted a life <laughs> and um, yeah so I switched into dance and cheer because it was like the natural trajectory to go into those things and uh, my high school cheer coach really pushed me hard um, to try at the university level and so at my university um, we have over 50,000 students um, for football games there's a hundred thousand people in the stadium so yeah Great. I proudly supported my university Hook'em Horns for <laughs> four years dancing and cheering so it's incredible <laughs> and obviously I was interested in it you know because for us that's something that we are not accustomed to yeah. so that's the the University of Texas yeah yeah and the, and the yeah. team is the Longhorns that's my hook'em horns. horns. Yeah. Okay, cool. We all yeah. learned something. Yeah. Okay, let's leave it at that. That's yes. cool. Hook'em Um What brought you really, I mean, what, what made you come and end up in the center of the universe? Mm. Which right in, in Africa from, you know, from, from mm. Texas. Well, like you already said in the whole bio part, um, I'd been actually supporting my friend's nonprofit since college. So I like knew a little bit about Africa. and But unfortunately, I will say, we're not really taught a lot properly in the U.S. about, you know, we look at Africa as like a, just a conglomerate, but don't actually understand that it's all different parts um, working together. Um, or maybe sometimes not working together, however you yeah. look at it. But yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I've been supporting her. And like you, I said in the bio or you said in the bio, um, I was not happy in my first job. I was starting to feel like I was turning into my dad who can who works really hard and going in the weekends. And I said, this is not fulfilling. So. Um, when my friend just told me, she's like, we're doing this climb, you want to join? I told my mom that I really want to do this. And and yeah, I'd gotten the time off approved from work. But then as it came closer, I just said, you know what? I'm quitting. I'm going to take the time on the mountain to figure out what it is I'm passionate about. Yeah. And obviously, being no, it was my first time in my life, no Wi-Fi, no internet. Like, I only knew my friend on the climb, nobody else. So no one had any backstory about me, you know? Yeah. And I really asked the hard questions and... I actually started looking back and I always actually had a passion for nature and the outdoors and like holidays were spent and I took some classes in university that were about sustainability and conservation, didn't, they're just electives, but that really interests me. So yeah, basically came back from the climb and I said, I want to come back to Africa. I love it. And so thanks to my mom's help, actually, she found the guiding programs on the internet and was like, maybe you should look into doing this. Yeah. And 
Otherwise, I didn't actually know anybody in South Africa directly. And obviously, just from my research, um, found eco training and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to trust my gut. And yeah, that's awesome. what originally brought me here. So. So do you think in the time, like let's say you're training in eco-training or somewhere where you've traveled, is there a place that really sticks with you? I would say probably one of my favorite places so far, I've been lucky to go twice, would be the Makarikari salt pans. Uh -huh. um, yeah, just magical. Tell you us, feel tell like us magical for you. Feels I, like I the moon. <laughs> <laughs> when I went there the first time, I, it was a very quick trip. I was actually with a mentor doing side inspections with her and I was fortunate enough to join her for her travels. And so we only got a night. And I'd heard about the sleep out, where you go out basically, like I said, they're dried salt pans. Um, and we were there during the green season, so obviously they don't offer that. Um, and I knew, I was like, I want to come back. I want to mm -hmm. come back. It's just spectacular. And, and yeah, I got to go with my first round of clients last year. Um, and we did the proper sleep out where you're literally, there's nothing. So, so seeing the sun set and then you wake up in your bed, which you're in your hot water bottle and everything, and you wake up and the sun's rising and it's just, it's very unlike obviously what we see in the documentary. So most people, you know, obviously want the quintessential savannah, but from a uniqueness point of view, it's one of my favorite places. Love it. Yeah. Takes me right back there. Mm. That was beautiful actually. Yeah, Makarikari pants, John Dixon. Is there a place that, uh, I mean, you've traveled the continent. So, I mean, is there a place that you love? Let's uh, if I said to you, let's go tomorrow, anywhere we want, where should we go? Uh, it's a toss up really between the Luangwa mm -hmm. um, itself, so South Luangwa, the Luangwa area. Just tell, so and the and then the Zambezi, of course, the Māori Zambezi. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 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 Why, why do you love that? I mean, I've got another uh, well, question that's yeah. in Africa come alive. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Biggest fish? Yes. Uh, a seven kilogram tiger. Very nice. Gee, that is huge. <laughs> I like that. In the Zambezi. In the Zambezi. So is that it? Is that where your soul is happy on the Zambezi River? I I love mighty rivers. Yeah. I think that's the you know the Zambezi has a spirit of its own um, in real terms. The Luangwa has a feel all of its own. The gray, the gray, green, green, greasy gray Limpopo is very different. You mm -hmm. understand? Um, but mighty rivers always have fascinated me, always, Absolutely. from childhood days. Yeah. Well, what's wild? Yeah, it's beautiful, the, the great trees, and you know, those massive trees there, and the bird life, um, and the sound of water. And of course, the silent waters where the flat dogs are waiting for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and hippopotamus. Well, the Luangwa like was insane. <laughs> hippopotamus. <laughs> Yeah. Heaps and heaps and heaps of hippopotam. Yeah. 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 Uh, the word hippopotamus makes me think of. Can do you have any specific animal sounds you can do, Cap? Oh me. I'll let JD go first okay, on good. that one. Pass it on. All right. Well, let's see if if, if if your listeners will get guess what this one is. <laughs> What is that? I'm gonna go with the leopard. Ah, gee, with the leopard. Yes. Very good. A round of applause there. Well. Hey? Yeah. It was it, well. it was a bit flat. Cat, <laughs> well. let's hit you your favorite sighting, your most memorable sighting, the most interesting thing you've had, you've seen. Mm. Whatever. That's very difficult. It um, is difficult. I would probably say one of 
because it was one of my early sightings during training and being a trails guide walking hours. Um, we like we literally had probably like 15 different elephant encounters within the whole walk. We just kept bumping them up in Makaleki, the northern part of Kruger National Park. And it was just like one after the other. And then one of the bulls came like within like seven meters of us. And we were just, we were crouched. He was very chilled and everything. And that was when it really felt real because obviously being on foot is way different than being in the vehicle. So I think that having those, starting to have those moments in my time being here really solidified my love for being in nature yeah. e even more. Cause obviously you're so well connected. You feel more well connected when you're walking rather than a vehicle. So, but yeah, that would be probably one of my favorite sightings. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm gonna come back to you. You've got some questions. You're gonna fire away for us. JD, anything that comes to mind? Interesting observations, great sightings. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, again, it's a very difficult question because yeah. there's so much uh, over the decades that, that I've managed to see and experience. But certainly for me, um, the, the outstanding sort of stuff has really been where there's wild dogs involved. Madash, Cholwa. Those <laughs> are my favorite, favorite machines. Just their whole social knit and how they operate and work. Um, but I've seen, I've been fortunate enough to see some incredible uh, interspecies encounters over the years with wild dogs, active and hyenas and lions getting in the way and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so definitely wild dogs stand out for me. You know, I've had situations where I've had other lions killed in conflict, leopards the same. You know, those are all different dramas, if you like, you understand. All, some of it really sad and tears, and when cubs have been done, then there's long wailing and gnashing of teeth uh, from yeah. the guests, and, you know, we don't, we don't love Africa anymore, and, you know. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite hectic, you know. It I mean, I have a situation like one of the, one that clearly stands out, in fact, in the Sabi sand, driving down the old Salati railway line, you know where that is, okay. Um, we encountered two magnificent big black mane lions um, lying there all regal and posed and doing the whole Hollywood show, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's going, oh, we love lions. I don't know. And it was late afternoon, early evening. And you know, of course, the, the railway line has the embankment bed situation. So you, where the tracks would run is a steep exactly. embankment. Late afternoon, early evening, mistake. A cheetah moved up with five little ones up over the ridge and onto the, remember it's gravel, mm, so the stone. noise, the stones, and the one lion picked up the sound, turned and looked, and within seconds, they smashed two of those, and they look, the cubs were all still in the silvery grey mantle at the back, mm -hmm. alright, uh, and myself and Richard Sewell, a legendary tracker from, from those days, he's now retired, we, uh, they smashed two, boom, boom, she went down the dip, rushed off into the left with the other three and then bombshell and the lion stood there and waited and at this stage there's again wailing and gnashing of teeth and screaming in the back and jd shoot the lion shoot the lion yeah i kid you not there's, there's folks like shoot the lions i'm going no no roll camera no roll camera <laughs> roll camera <laughs> do you understand so like i was not popular as you can well imagine that night you understand i was not not popular so <laughs> what happens is these two big lions Everyone forgets they can count. They killed two, but they knew there were more. Thank you very much. Yeah. And you know, of course, the, the, the whistling chirp call of the yeah. cheetah. And the theories have abounded. Oh, it's mm. a camouflage call. So the other things don't see. Those lions knew. Knew. 
They went tweet, tweet, and the lion walked and said, thank you, nipped it, waited for the next one, nipped it. She got away with one. So that still was a standout event, you understand? But as I say, I was not a popular uh, ranger guide uh, with those guests that night because here I am, they want to shoot the yeah. lions. I'm going, what's wrong with you? Roll camera. I love it, Jamie. <laughs> okay, not a, not, a, not a happy story, but yeah. No, it's, a, it's the lessons of well, life and death in the African bush. The no, no. I, I think she touched sides down somewhere north of the Zobby Sands. <laughs> she was long gone. But a big lesson for her. If that is, yeah. She's inexperienced, potentially, for that cheetah. Maybe her first litter. She should not have been moving them at that time in that terrain at all. She should have been better down already somewhere with those yeah. cubs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kath, over to you. All right. Question from one of your loyal guests that you've had, Mark Riddle with the Rollers. Both Brett and JD have hosted that group mm. several times now, I believe. Yeah, that's right. um, so the question is, um, you have one more wilderness trail you can do with your favorite guide. Where would it be and with who? Whoa, that's a very, very tough question. Very oh, tough question. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for that, the rollers. Okay, nice, tough question, eh? Okay. So, Mark, yeah, look, what we'd have to do is I'd have to give it give about 30 seconds of thought. I think uh, one last walk in the wilderness, I would have to probably go with my old passed-on friend, Bob Manthe, who was a legend friend of mine, um, who sadly passed away some, some years ago. Um, and probably walking, I would, I would be thinking somewhere in uh, the Zambezi. Mm. Yeah. On the Zambezi. On the Zambezi floodplain. Yeah. Yeah. So that was if that's not to diss anyone else who's so out there that I've worked and walked with. Yeah. So. Um, I want to jump in. Yeah. Because because so. A legendary story when we were with the Rollers <laughs> in the Timberbots. And uh, I think I underestimated JD's reflexes before this. So, you know, I might have, you know, I don't think anyone would blame me. We were on a walk with the Rollers. <laughs> and uh, Mark Riddle was on that walk. Yeah. And they're quite keen birders. Mm. We followed into a drainage line, an uh, orange-breasted bush right calling. We had to see the birds to, to get off on the list for the weekend. That's right. There were lion tracks up and down. Maybe my my version and your version are different. Okay, I'm, uh, do you want to tell the story? No, no, Actually, no, no, no. You no, tell okay, the story so first. No, 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 no. Into this yeah. Very, very thick area. We probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. But because we were looking for this bird, the orange-breasted bushrock calling, calling myself. Which was a, which got to be got to be ticked off. Strapping young men. Yeah. And there'd been lion tracks up and down. We couldn't find the bushrock, but we're very close to a dam. Very close. Mm. Big dam, sunset dam. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, let's just walk to the dam and have a water break there. We're only two hours into the walk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there was, actually, it was all the rains after the drought. That's and correct. The dam was so full. And when I walked into the dam, I didn't realize that actually eventually I had water on both sides. Mm. So we'd walked in. We had water on both sides. We'd walk through extremely thick bush. When we were walking out, I was leading. That's right. And JD was right at the back. So we'd walked in. We're now starting to move out, and this bush that we'd walked past, unbeknown to us, had two lions in it, mating pair, male and female. And when we started coming back yep. past them, they decided this is not ideal anymore, <laughs> and they exploded. But yeah. literally, ex the bush exploded. That's correct, yep. I had water on both sides of me still, so I wasn't sure where the lines. I honestly did not know what was going on. I thought it was a hippo. 
that bush yeah. exploded yeah. that I thought there was a hippo coming on. Yeah. Before I could lift my rifle, work out what was going on, JD had his weapon in his shoulder <laughs> and pointed it and shouting at the lion and he identified it as a lion. We still, we talked about it for eight hours. There was half an hour of silence, <laughs> half an hour of chattering. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that there was, was a lot of nervous giggling and laughing <laughs> from the rollers <laughs> that day. Do you remember? Eh? Big, what? tough, brawny boys. Well, was a male. That guy That's right. Is, is now in charge of the thorny bush somewhere. Yes, a mean, mean, a mean piece of work. Yeah. No, JD was, I did underestimate your reflexes until I saw you lift that weapon with your shoulder that day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was a good story. That was a good situation. Yeah, that was fun. Eh? The rollers won't ever forget that experience again ever no, in their no, lives. Eh? Yeah. They won't. Yeah. Cat, uh, moving on. Gee, that was a thing, JD. <laughs> um, your favorite animal, or, or your, if you came back as an animal, a thing. It can be any animal. Or yeah. Do you wanting it? Okay. Anything. But I would say, I mean, I still always say an elephant because I think it would be cool to see from their perspective and obviously they have a lot of the same human emotions like we do as people so i that would probably be my animal mm. choice to come yeah, back okay. as. there's something mm. special about yeah. elephants jd i'm going to ask you two serious questions yep i do need you to be brief about them yep <coughs> excuse me they've been sent in yesterday um the long answers probably but we've got to be brief so the first one from alex host a very good friend of mine in joburg he said how have rain patterns over the last 20 years affected the bush and has it been noticeable? And you know, I couldn't answer that question well enough. It's a tough one. Yeah, Britt and Alex, that's a very, very good question actually. Look, I mean, it's uh, 20 years is obviously uh, a fairly short time in real terms to, to you know, there, there's some trends that you may find in seasonality in terms of rainfalls. But certainly um, for the most part, there has been in the last 40 to 50 years there's def definitive trend changes in rainfall levels. You understand? So, and yes, of course, um, in terms of we've had extended drought periods, um, at shorter cycles, and, and, and so on in the last 25 to 32 years, I think it is. So, yes, there is definitive changes that will occur. Um, uh, but for the most part, I mean, you know, when, when you're looking at the normal rainfall we receive here in the low felt, uh, as opposed to the high felt regions and the middle felt areas, uh, the problem is, is when you have an extended dry spell drought period, of course, then you've got another die off in, in terms of the animals because there's lack of food. One of the biggest problems, of course, in the old years was when f um, the game reserves, for example, were smaller fenced in zones instead of having these bigger open, more open systems. But um, yeah, look, I mean, it's a, it, it's a difficult question to answer in specific, in a short space of time, yeah. but there's rainfall patterns have changed without question uh, if you look at, you know, go uh, 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, and you look at the records, the rainfall records, you'll see, immediately see, and that's drgoogle.com, you'd be able to pull that information for Alex. Alex can find that in that, and specifically to those regions, and also through um, the agricultural sector, who obviously have, have yeah. records of all yeah. of those, you understand? But I've experienced some very, very bad droughts, as you've experienced some, yeah. uh, some drought uh, times, where it's really, uh, in some of those droughts, for example, we were literally shooting hundreds and not, if not thousands of animals mm. uh, in cropping off animals. Not nice. No, it's not. Next. Let's move on. It's also down, uh, literally, I want to answer in one minute, 30 seconds. Yeah. Great friend of mine, a fantastic guide, uh, 
guide and director of Africa Reveals, Byron Serrero mm. Photography. Yeah, we know him. Yeah. How is the guiding industry being affected by the COVID epidemic? Yeah, hello, Byron. Yeah, we know you well. Lekker to lekker. Nice question. Um, yeah, look, the, 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 the COVID-19's effect uh, has been dramatic, devastating, and huge in, in the immediate and short term. It is going to have very big effect in the medium to long term uh, for, for job opportunities and freelance guides and operations, smaller business operators. Um, and it's, it's really going to be a time now going forward that a lot more collaboration between individuals and or smaller groups of people all work together to the common cause and common good. Um, because the COVID-19, we're going to have to learn to live with as opposed to thinking it's going to go away. You understand? Sorry. 100% wise words. And I, yeah, again, I think that's why we're here, you know, collaborate yeah. and, and, and connect. Kath, if there was one place you could visit before you die, where would that be? Mm. That's tough. I'm always <laughs> bad with decisions, being a female. <laughs> we know how this is. Um, a, I can't let me I want see. to book a safari. And I have no budget. I've been on a few safaris, but I, I want you to tell me where yeah. I should go. Like, literally, I have no... Yeah, but you can do that almost everywhere. That's the tricky part. But, but thinking of unique places. Uh, well, I mean, are we I, I, I think in general, something because I want to do it, it's on my bucket list, is definitely doing the gorillas, mm. I think. Mm. And staying at the top notch. That would be if you're saying no budget. Yeah. Because, again, it's so so different to everywhere else. And obviously, as you can tell, I have a connection to animals that have human-like traits. And obviously, gorillas are the same. They're very emotional. And you feel like, you know, you're looking at someone, you know, we're, we are related. So, yeah, I think I would say definitely doing the gorillas, whether it be the Congo, Uganda, Rwanda, would be fantastic. So. 100%. Mm. A tough question. My friend Ali Edmund sent it in. It is a tough question for you. Under the stars in a tent... Or seven-star luxury, bath, <laughs> champagne? I will, under the stars, always. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. take a backpack, going out on trail, always a winner. I love it. If, uh, if, if I were to ask you, I mean, what are, your, what are the three places you should go on safari in Africa? I would definitely say probably the Sabi Sands for its leopards. <laughs> definitely doing either the Serengeti or the Mara to see the migration. And number three, let me think. I would say probably like Namibia, because mm. again, the contrast with the desert Love landscape. It. Yeah. So. JD, I want you to start warming up your vocal cords. Do you have a parting word for us, man, or a story you want to tell um, us? Look, the, 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 this, you know, I think it's very important that this, this, uh, this song, uh, a little tune goes out to our friends, the Rollers. Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, they're going to have to man up and, and come and visit <laughs> us again at some stage. <laughs> Um, but this is while they are struggling, uh, having a tough in, 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 in GP, Gangster Paradise, Joe Berg, and, and you know, fighting the good fight there. There's a little tune that we'll, I'll leave them with. It goes simply like this. The working class. The working class. Can kiss my ass. Can kiss my ass. I've got the ranger's job at last. I've got the ranger's <laughs> job at last. <laughs> John Dixon, my man. John <laughs> Dixon, Bush Explorations Africa. Thank you. And Catherine Kuntz, Hope African Adventures. Anything else you want to say? Check them out on the internet. Check them out on Instagram. Parting word. 
keep traveling. That's what I would tell yeah. people watching. Keep supporting tourism in all regards, not just here in Africa, wherever it is in the world, because we've all been hit the hardest. And yeah. now more than ever, actually, which will be the good part, I think, that comes from out of this, is people are going to want to go to these natural spaces and mm. reconnect, because everybody during this time has taken time to really find the what are the true things that are important in life. And obviously, being in nature, even more, you discover that. So that would be my parting words. 100%. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. <laughs> Yeah. Happy Cheers guys. Yeah, yeah it's pretty Excellent. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thank so you. That was awesome, man. I heard you, didn't you? Like, you were trying. At one point, I saw you trying. Just find once. Yes, the hyenas ate it. I didn't want to make it more. I didn't want to make it worse. I would have, I would have been hunted Good. down. <laughs> the hyenas, a clan of hyenas took it down. From the peanut gallery. Oh, that's what that's, but that's what people are thinking, you yeah. know. And oh. then I wanted to hear you said the teachers were calling, the yeah. contact calling. Ready? I also wanted to I hear that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was awesome, Alex. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank I thought you. it was cracking. Oh, Literally, oh I thought God. it was cracking. Hey, hey yes. Josh. <laughs> Hello, Mike Thank you for joining us. You can find today's guests online via their social media handles linked in this podcast description. Go ahead and give them a follow, share some love, and show some support for what they are doing. We welcome your questions and comments and encourage you to let us know what you're thinking. Who do you want to meet around our campfire and what burning questions do you have for these bush legends? Find us on social media via the links in the description and tune in to watch our podcast recordings from around the campfire on our YouTube playlist.